If I'm honest, this episode was not as planned, if that's the best way of saying it. And really, the past few weeks did not necessarily go as planned. But I thank God because we have our plans, but it is ultimately God that establishes our steps. And before I get started today, I want to, first of all, just throw out there, this episode is not going to have any theatrics, no music or nothing like that for this episode. And actually, this episode is going to be the season finale for this season anyway. We'll see when and if, however, timing it will be for the next season. If the next season comes, I'll just go with the leading for that. But this will be the end of this season. But obviously, the plan was to do the relationship episode part two. And I was supposed to do that last week. But honestly, last week, for one, I did not have the right spirit. And I don't want to make an episode with the wrong spirit. I just don't think that it's right for me to do that, especially because I'm not required to do this podcast every week. But I always want to make sure that I have the best quality when making these podcasts and also making sure this actually comes from a place of prayer and not from my own planning or anything like that. But this topic that I'll be talking about today has been on my mind for the past week, actually. I I was actually supposed to make this specific topic episode last week about if you be spiritual or spiritual matters. I couldn't decide what episode title I wanted at the time last week, but as I mentioned, my spirit wasn't right last week. Uh, There's a lot of things that were going on in my life for on all sorts of different planes, all sorts of different planes. And God really kind of revealed to me, you know, I had a lot of trust in things that are shakable. I have had a lot of trust in things that are vain. And there's a lot of things that I was not sure in, and I was standing on a lot of things that were not sure, not on everything that was not sure. I'm not, obviously my ultimate foundation is the Bible, but there were a lot of things that I was going back and forth on, but there was one event that kind of triggered everything that showed me, and I will continue to expound on this because I knew what verses I wanted to use for this episode. But even as I think about it right now, there's even more that I'm even learning from myself in this episode about double mindedness. But before I go into the scriptures for today and the topic for today, I also want to cover one other thing. There's, um, you may have noticed if you are on social media that the page for Pescados Bros is not up. It's not deleted, but it's not up. And that is intentional. And it's not because the season is ending either. But I think it's about time that I practice the things that I preach. And it's not that I feel like I was being a hypocrite by being on there. But I don't want that to become a source for people. And honestly, it's really hard to put an anointed word out on social media, not on any media. I didn't say any media, but social media. And I say that as somebody who did marketing 
and who studied marketing. It is very hard to keep the product genuine or whatever you're doing genuine when you are doing the art of marketing. And I have a lot of ideas, actually. I have stuff that I know will actually work in the algorithm, but it would be compromising the message. And I can't afford to do that. And then as well as that, I just don't think it's the best avenue. And whoever needs to hear this message, that's who needs to hear it. I'm not going to put it in my hands to spread this message. I'm going to leave that to God. So before I get into this episode, I just want to open up with prayer. I know I typically don't do that, but I think as always, seeking counsel with God is the best way. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for everything that you provided for me and everybody that is listening to this podcast today. And I pray, Lord, that nobody would hear me speaking but that your Holy Spirit would speak through me and that it would work on each and every one of us. Father, I pray that you would pour out of your spirit, your wisdom, your understanding, your revelation, your counsel, your might, the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I pray that you would pour out truth and uproot every stronghold, uproot everything that is air, everything that is not pleasing to you, burn it up by your fire, wash it out by the water of your word. I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and have your way and lead us by your spirit alone. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Like I said, this topic has been on my mind since last week, but I also wanted to get a different episode. And actually, I really started recording the other episode. I was going to try to record that and then do this episode or maybe do a double episode, but it's just, I had to do what I feel like God was leading me to do. And even though I said that I had a part two and I had all the notes for that. It was one of those teaching episodes and I have another series like that, but it's just not time for that. So anyways, uh, if you have your Bibles, you guys can turn to Romans seven and I'll be reading from Romans seven to Romans eight and 17 for this first portion. But if not, just listen as I read this passage. So Romans seven, And verse one says the following, know ye not brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law and law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But she, but if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, and so is, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Therefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law 
that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, nay, had not, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had known, had not known less, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of conspicuance. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. But then that which is good was made death unto me. But then that which was good made death unto me, God forbid. But sin that it might appear sin worketh death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal sold under sin. For that which I do, I do allow not for that for what i would do that do i not but what i hate that i do if then i do that which i would not i consent unto the law that it is good now then it is no more i that do it but sin that dwelleth in me for i know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that is, when I would do good, evil is present within me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my, the mind I Myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, I, the law of sin. I think it's interesting right there at the end of this chapter, it says, so then with the mind, specifically the mind, if we, I expound more on the mind in the talk, talk, talk series, but pay attention to that part, the mind. So going into chapter eight now, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. None, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh 
and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Only if so be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, it didn't say the Holy Ghost. It said the spirit of Christ, the attributes of Christ, the character of Christ. He is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies, make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body ye shall live for as many as are led by the spirit they are the sons of god for if for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of god and if children then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared to the, with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There is a principle of long suffering that is important for us to understand. And I know I've talked about a lot of different things. And a lot of the things I talked about in this season really go back to Romans 8, to crucifying your ways, crucifying your flesh, and allowing Christ to give you life. Because when we try to live life our own way, we will die. But the part I want to emphasize here is the spiritual mind. The law is spiritual. And one of my favorite psalms, especially this year and in this podcast, this season, has been Psalm 19, which says in a part, I believe it starts in verse seven or yes, I believe it starts in verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And remember, in the Talk, Talk, Talk episode, I expounded that includes the heart and the mind. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is Sure, making wise but simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. 
The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than the honey of the honeycomb. I think also it's amazing that it talks about in that same chapter, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you. Now, in the Old Testament, it was very hard for that to be the case because they did it all through the flesh. And that is what chapter seven was talking about. This is a struggle that you have when you're not living in Christ and you're not filled with not just the Holy Ghost, but actually walking in the Holy Ghost, walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, walking in. It talks about there's a difference between tapping into the spirit, being filled with the spirit and actually walking in the spirit because you can be filled with the spirit and not walk in it. You have to be obedient to it. As I say every episode, John 14, 15, 15, 14, and all the first John tell us to love God is to keep his commandments. And as we dwell in this obedient place, then we dwell in the love of God and we dwell in his spirit. We dwell in the fear of the Lord. We walk in it. We walk like our father is actually there with us no matter where we go. And we don't forget that when we're not in the church on Sunday or Wednesday or, I don't know, Saturday, whatever day you're in there, Friday, it doesn't matter because you're walking in it, not having to have somebody hover over your shoulder, but you're walking in it. But it's hard to do that. And like we said, like I said in Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. That's why I read so much of the Bible because I can't do that. I can't convert your soul. There's nothing that I can say, but I can go to the word and you can go to the word. And that is the word. It says the word of God in Hebrews is quick and powerful and it's able to divide between the joint and the marrow. It's able to discern between the heart and its intents, the thoughts and its intents. So the word is the thing that has all the power and it's very important that we stick and abide to the word. There's going to be a lot of people, even Christian people who will try to get you, get you off the word, but the word is the most powerful thing. But at the same time, this word that we were given by Christ is so powerful that it kills us almost because that's what it said here that the it says that it revived sin it reminds us of the sin that is out there it reminds us of the option to go against us and our flesh is naturally going to want to go against what the spirit is doing remember in galatians 5 it talks about how the spirit desires against the flesh and the flesh lusteth against the spirit the spirit not your spirit the spirit. So you're naturally going to want to go against the things that are of the spirit. But before I go too deep into this subject, I want to also go into second Corinthians chapter three. And it says the following, do we begin to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be 
the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God word, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. But the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel can not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which the glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the spirit rather be glorious for the ministration of condemnation be glory much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory for even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect, but by reason of the glory that excelleth for if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with an open face beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So we see here once again that the spirit giveth life, but the letter killeth. But we also see from the passage we just read that there was nothing wrong with the law. There was nothing wrong with the letter. It said that the letter is glorious. The letter was right. The letter and the law are spiritual, but it's not about doing it from your flesh. It's about doing it from the spirit. There's nothing wrong with the law, but if you do it from the flesh, it's impossible. It's not possible to do it from the flesh. You're going to die doing it in the flesh. You're always going to end up in sin doing it from the flesh. But if you do it from the spirit, if you're filled with the spirit of Christ, seeking Christ, as Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above and to mortify the ways of the flesh and the ways of this earth and to put on the new man that is renewed, putting on the holy beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forgiving, forbearing as Christ. And above all, letting charity dwell within your hearts. That is the way of Christ, with the wisdom dwelling within you, teaching and admonishing you through psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. Psalms are spiritual. The music you listen to is spiritual, and that matters. But that will also come out of you when you are worshiping God and that when you are dwelling on this thing. In the meditation of your heart, in the words of your mouth, are focused on God. 
So it's important that we do this from the spirit, not with the carnal mind, not with the fleshly mind, not with the wisdom of this earth, because there's different type of wisdoms out there, but with the wisdom from God that cometh from above, the wisdom that cometh from the Father, which doesn't change, which doesn't change with the culture, which doesn't change with anything. There's nothing new under the sun. The spirit, the laws of the spirit have not changed at all at any point in time. But the way that the spirit moves has changed because now it can move within us. Now he is able to help us now that Christ has came. So we have to choose to put on Christ, to put on his wisdom, because if you're not walking in the spirit, then the letter will kill you unless you change the letter. It's the only result for it to not kill you and to not feel condemned when you're not walking in Christ is for you to change the word, to go off the wisdom of man, to go off of things that are not in the Bible, to look at science even, which science is natural philosophy. If you look in history, look in history, science is a new term, even arts. It all was the same thing. Science, arts, it was all the same thing. Natural philosophy, which was really magic, which is really a natural philosophy. That's a philosophy of man, which goes back to demonic things. But I'm not going to go too deep into that today. But it is important that we are not operating out of the carnal, but that we are operating out of the spiritual. Because when you operate out of the carnal, you have to change the commandment in order for it not to condemn you. But if you're in Christ, you don't have to change the law because you will do it naturally. You will do the things of the spirit you will have your heart changed, your mind changed. You will not be in condemnation when you hear the word, when you hear the words of the law, when you hear the words of the New Testament, when you hear the words of God, it will shape in you. It will grow you. It won't kill you. It won't condemn you. You should never feel condemned by hearing anything preached from the Bible when you are in Christ. James 1, 5 through 8 says the following, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Romans chapter 8 verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You can't have peace with a carnal mind. And it's very easy to go back and forth with certain things. And that is one thing that I realized. There was a couple things in my life that I was going back and forth with. I wasn't really sure about because I was using two different wisdoms. I knew what I felt from the spirit and it didn't always make sense in the natural. But I kept going back and forth. But until I got one confirmation and it was a rough confirmation, it was a chastening confirmation. It was a suffering Confirmation, but it also says in the Bible, how would Christ himself go from glory to glory without first suffering? These sufferings are to teach you how to go from glory to glory, to grow in grace and the knowledge of Christ. So through this event, it kind of showed me 
that there were a lot of things, and I didn't even necessarily think about this part when this episode idea came to me, that there were a lot of things I was using two wisdoms on. And it wasn't everything, but those things make you unstable. And a lot of times we're just thinking about maybe salvation and stuff. No, this is on a lot of subjects, the groups that you join and even the ministry that you do. All those things, if you are going back and forth, uh, and it may not even be a bad thing. That's not what I'm talking about. These things may not be inherently sinful things, but you have to do what the spirit is telling you to do and not what your flesh is telling you to do or not what the world tells you to do or not what psychology tells you to do, not what science tells you to do, not what any of these things tell you to do, not what a celebrity tells you to do. Do what God tells you to do both by his word and by his spirit. His spirit will be confirmed by the word because the spirit will give you life to do the word. So it is important that we have this liberty. We will have liberty and we will also have peace. We will have liberty from the ways of sin. We will have liberty from death. We will be able to not run away from death, but to go through death and through the sufferings. And we'll be liberated from sin to be what it says. We are not debtors. We are debtors, not to the flesh, but we are still serving under something. We are servants to Christ. We are, we are children, but we serve Christ. We wait on the Lord. We serve Christ. We, we don't just wait for him to come, but we also in the waiting almost are waiting for him. I remember there's a teaching of Jesus where it was talking about how servants, when they are serving God, uh, he made the analogy where he was talking about how a master with the servants doesn't immediately feed the servant, but the servant has to do everything and serve the master first. And then the servant gets what he wants and then he gets fed and he doesn't get an extra reward just for doing his job. And that is the case for us spiritually as well. We need to do what God told us to do first and not what anything else told us to do. We need to make sure that we mortify the carnal mind. If there's anything that you're going back and forth with, God is not the God of confusion. He's very clear. There's a way of holiness and there's a way of worldliness. There are things that are holy and there are things that are profane. It's your job to do a research on what things are profane. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy beginning of understanding and all thy getting get understanding because we need to make sure that for example and we're going to get into this later in corinthians 14 that we don't just pray in the spirit but we have understanding there's an aspect that includes our heart and our minds as well we have to have our mind set on things above this is a spiritual concept this is a requirement to be spiritual we can't serve God unless we put on the spirit of Christ. We have to have the character of Christ. The character of Christ is not our own will, but his will. And people will judge you for that. People aren't going to always agree with what God has for you. People aren't always going to agree with what God has put on your heart and what God has put on your heart to say and to preach, whatever. And, you know, you have to pray for them. People aren't always going to understand. There's going to be people who betray you, but there's some people who just don't understand what you're doing in that time. And that's, you just pray for God's will. 
and that, you know, one day they will get understanding of what God has planned for them, not necessarily for you to push on, but just do what God told you to do. That's what I'm trying to focus on. Do what God has told you to do, both through his word and through the spirit. So the next passage of scripture I want to focus on is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse 1 says the following, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ. That's the only thing he determined to know. It's save Jesus Christ, only Jesus Christ, and him crucified. That's important. Not just Jesus not just some Jesus that is some prophet or just some spiritual. No, he includes and him crucified. That is a important aspect, the most important aspect of Jesus coming because he would not have fulfilled his purpose without being crucified. And that is the spirit we're supposed to put on the spirit of Jesus Christ. The spirit of Christ is a spirit that allows themselves to die in order for God's will to be done. The will of the Father to be done. That is exactly what Jesus did. And that's how we become joint heirs with Christ. So picking up in verse 3, it says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. What power? Resurrection power, because we're talking about the crucifixion. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect or complete, yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might freely know, might know the things that are freely given to us. I'm sorry. Which things we also we speak, not the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual it is very important that you hear this i pray right now god that you would give your people as it says in isaiah 50 the ears of the learned 
Awaken the ears as we learn so that they will hear your word. Compare spiritual things with spiritual. Don't go to any other source. Don't go to yourself. Take it to God. Compare the spiritual things with spiritual. Don't go to Google. Don't go to Yahoo. Don't go to Bing. Don't go to DuckDuckGo. Don't go to Quora. Don't go to a therapy site. Don't go to any other place. Compare the spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Remember, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. When you are in Christ, nothing can come against you. Nothing can shake your foundation. Nothing can make you feel condemned. You may be rebuked. I've been rebuked and I needed it. But you will not feel condemnation. You, when you are operating in the spirit of Christ, condemnation is not in the picture. When you are walking in the spirit of Christ, and you are comparing the spiritual things with the spiritual, you will not have condemnation. It is very important that we are operating out of the wisdom of God. That means use your mind, not your mind only, but your mind has to be tuned into Christ. Your heart has to be meditating on Christ with his law engraved upon your heart. It's not about the book. But you have to have the spirit of the book. You have to have the spirit of the word of God. It's not about reading it because there's a lot of people who read the word of God. Satan himself quoted the word of God, but he did not have the spirit of the God. He had the spirit of this world. And as long as you have the spirit of this world, you will never understand the word of God. The spirit giveth life. Everything about the spirit giveth life. But it is important for you also to have the spirit of God. So when you hear the word of God, you don't hear condemnation, but you hear life and it gives you life. It gives you edification. So going on to the next scripture, we have first Corinthians chapter nine and starting with first one. And it says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife? as well as other apostles and as brethren of the Lord and Cephas or I only and Barnabas have not we the power to forbear working who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof 
Who feedeth the flock, and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written of the law, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the oxen out of the corn. Doth God take care of the ox for the oxen, or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt this is, is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth thresheth in hope, and should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather, nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers of the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make of my glorying void, make my glorying void. For though I preach the gospel, for though I keep, preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me unto me, if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power of the gospel. For though I be free from Though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without law as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak I have become as weak, that I might gain the weak. I have made, I am made all things to all men, that by all means I might save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. For in every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I un keep my body under subjection and keep my body under my body and bring it under into subjection lest by any means when i should have preached to others i myself should be a castaway so there's quite a few things he said here one thing that he talked about is if we have sown unto you spiritual things it is a great thing 
is it a great thing if we should reap your carnal things? Now, this point he was preaching here is important for us all when we are hearing the word from somebody, especially from whoever may be the bishop over our church, the overseer of our church, or even anybody, an evangelist that comes by, a minister. It is a good thing to support somebody who is in the gospel. A lot of us, a lot of people can get kind of antsy when it comes to giving, but it's better to give to than to receive for one. But two, it is important for us to support those who do the ministry. And it's possible. It's good to live off the gospel, but it also, I love the other side of that coin that he did not charge for the gospel. It's good to give to him. And it should be that relationship that you give and you sow into the person, whether it be with food or with money or whatever that gives the word unto you. But at the same time, it's also good for the person not to charge that. And that's what he said. I'm not going to charge for the gospel. But I love the other part of this passage where he talked about, I have made myself all things unto all men that by all means I might save some. It's important that we can relate to other people, not water down the gospel. As we said, we need to use the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of man when we are teaching the gospel. But the approach that you use is important, and I even need to work on this as well. Now, like I said, this does not mean that we water the, down the gospel, but we need to understand where people are coming from, not to be afraid to talk about certain things within the word of God. We need to make sure that we study to show ourselves to prove and be ready to answer every man and that we have an answer. And, you know, you may not always have to answer to things. But it is important to meet people where they are at. The Great Commission talks about teaching, baptizing, and teaching. So it is very important for you to understand the Word of God in order to teach the Word of God. But most importantly, it is important for you to endure and to keep doing the Word of God yourself. Because the best way to show the gospel, the best way to overcome, the best way to reach people is by your own testimony, not just the testimony of your past, but the testimony of how you're living today. And that comes by putting your body under and to bring it into subjection because you can preach all you want, but if you don't do it, then you become a castaway. All that you do is vanity if you don't do the word that you say. So it is very important that if you have a spiritual mind and you are operating out of the spiritual things that you set your mind on things above, you don't focus on vainglory. You don't focus even on if people have given you back anything for the fact that you did something for them, but you focus on serving God. You focus on mortifying your flesh. You focus on buffeting your body and beating it into subjection and making sure that it does not have rule over you, to keep the carnal mind under subjection, to mortify it, to crucify the flesh with its lust and affections, and to focus on God. So, the next passage of scripture I have here is 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And it says the following, and starting in verse one, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. 
For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit he speaketh in the spirit, but howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine and even things without life giving sound whether pipe or harp except they give a distinction in the sounds how shall it be known what is piped for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound who shall prepare himself to the battle so likewise ye except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood how shall it be known what is spoken for ye shall speak into the air there are it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification therefore if i know not the meaning of the voice I shall be unto him that speaketh the barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be barbarian unto me. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, passionate about them, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For I, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding at that my understanding is unfruitful what is it then i will pray with the spirit and i will pray with understanding also i will sing with the spirit and i will sing with the understanding also remember colossians 3 it talks about singing with the wisdom in your heart that is the purpose of songs hymns and spiritual songs wisdom to sing with understanding, not to sing worthless words, emotional words, but to sing words that you understand, to sing words that are pleasing to God. Else, verse 16, else when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also, than ten thousand words in an unknown, unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, understanding how be it in malice be ye children but in understanding and all that getting get understanding in understanding be men be mature 
Verse 21, And the law that is written with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesy serveth not them that believe not, but for them that believe. If therefore the whole congregation or the whole church be come together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in one of those that are unlearned or unbelievers will they not say that ye are mad but if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned he is convinced of all and he is judged of all and thus the secrets of his heart are made manifest and so falling down on his face he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when ye are come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret but if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to the other that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Remember, you can put yourself into subjection as earlier mentioned. Verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches and the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be commanded to be under obedience as saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What? Came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? If a man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. So there's a lot of things to talk about. But one important thing I want to highlight is it talked about praying in the spirit, but excelling when you mature in the spirit and you're no longer just a child. When you grow and you get spiritual maturity, not just having the milk of the spirit, but going on into the meat of the word and not laying again the foundation of the basic doctrine of salvation, you should be excelling in your understanding to where you can prophesy, to where you can speak the word of God, to where you can speak into somebody's life to build them up. Let all things of this church, all things of the church should be done unto edifying. If you are spiritual, you will edify, you will build up. That takes wisdom. 
if you haven't listened to that episode, I know I did an episode with the Man of Valor podcast. And on that episode, I spoke a lot about wisdom. But as you read throughout the Bible, you're going to figure out that the spirit of wisdom is synonymous with building. They're always building something with wisdom. The tabernacles and Exodus. Solomon, he built probably the most stuff in the Bible. And he was the wisest person in the Bible. Wisdom is synonymous with building. And so with the wisdom of the spirit, we become master builders. As the New Testament will tell us, we become master builders in our relationships. And in this church, we should be building each other up as iron sharpening iron and exhortation and prophecy and comfort and edification, even in a rebuke. All of it should be done for edifying, to build somebody, to encourage growth. This takes understanding. And I know, especially if you are Pentecostal, we put a lot of emphasis on speaking in tongues and there's no issue with that. It even says in here, let somebody in the setting of the church keep silence and speak. T- let him speak to God, to himself and to God. It's okay for you to do that. This is talking about somebody who is going out and speaking on behalf of everybody. This is in the setting of the church. So it is important for you to speak in tongues. The purpose of it is to be edifying. The purpose of it is for his spirit, the spirit of God to intercede for you. But we need to go beyond that. We need to let God build us up in his wisdom. We need to get understanding in his word so that we can move on to prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and you're going to read throughout all the prophets that the word of the Lord came to them. We need to be sensitive to the still small voice as I believe first King 17 describes it, not all the theatrics, not the loudness, but the still small voice to hear it, to understand it, to become familiar with it in prayer, praying always to know his voice so that we can prophesy that we may speak and utter an understandable word to somebody to edify and in the congregation of the church in preaching and in teaching and in singing all of it should be done with understanding not with emotions only because that's you're not no longer spiritual at that point but you're sensual you can be carnal and sensual and feel spiritual but it's not but if you are spiritual then you will do it for edifying. Also, it mentions here that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. It is very important that we are not operating out of confusion and that we do not live in confusion. That is not of God, but he is a God of understanding. Even when we look at the book of Revelation, it is a very clear book. It makes sense. It is a book of Revelation, not the book of confusion. But when you put the wisdom of man, theology, man's wisdom about God, man's philosophy about God, then you're going to be confused. But it's important for us to throw out the other ways of wisdom and to have his wisdom. To be mature, we must have wisdom to go from glory to glory and to be changed into his image more and more. We must have wisdom. If you are spiritual, you must acknowledge the commandments. But I thought we were free from the law. I thought we were free. I thought we had Christian liberties. We do. We are liberated from sin. 
We are liberated from death. We have the power now to overcome death, to go through it, not to run away from it. And what about the verse 34? It says for the women to keep silence and because of the law. I thought the law was done for. I thought we didn't need that. No, Christ said that he didn't come to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill it. And what was this last section talking about, about verses maybe 27 or so to about 40, I guess, to the end. This is talking about the main one speaking in the setting of the church. And in this, it says it is not permitted for women to speak, to lead over men, to usurp authority over men. It is not necessarily that women cannot speak, preach the gospel. I don't believe that. Why? Because if you go to, I believe it's Acts 17 and 18, mainly Acts 17, you will see that there is a man named Apollos who was preaching the word of God, but he didn't have the spirit of God. And Priscilla and Aquila, both the man and his wife, came and taught. And it wasn't necessarily in the setting of the church, but they came and expounded to that God more clearly the word of God. So it's not that you can't speak the word of God, but we also, if anyone claims to be spiritual, you have to acknowledge this commandment. And I know it's not popular, but this is what the Bible says. You also notice even in the New Testament, it talks about how whenever people had a problem with the church and the people try to come against the church, what did they do? What happened at the beginning? of the Bible. Satan didn't go to the man. He went to Eve. He stirred up Eve. And what did they do whenever in the New Testament, when they wanted to get inside the church or come against the church or come against people, they went to stir up the women. It's not that women are powerful. They are very powerful. But this is why it says this in this specific setting over the church to speak in front of everybody. Not that you can't even sing. It's not that you can't pray. It's not that you can't worship aloud. Because even in this part where it talks about speaking in, um, speaking in tongues, it said, let him alone. Let him speak to himself and to God. He can continue to speak in tongues in the meeting, you know, but he's not supposed to be doing so loudly and in an interruptive manner. And so same for the woman. But it is important for them not to speak and to teach in the setting of the church in that manner now everybody's able to prophesy the spirit of the lord will dictate that but at the end of the day if you be spiritual you must adhere to not just this word and not just this chapter but the whole entire bible as a whole entire unit if you claim to be spiritual acknowledge the commandment of the lord but if you choose to be ignorant that's up to you but if you be spiritual, we have to adhere to his word. And everything spiritual will bring forth life. Everything spiritual will quench strife within the church anyways. Now, people may strife that are not in the spirit. If you're not in the spirit, you're going to be striving. But if you're in the spirit, even when people are striving, you're going to have peace. So... The last two parts I want to read here are Galatians 5 and 6, and it talks about what it means to walk in the spirit. And originally I was only going to read Galatians 6, but I really feel like I should read Galatians 5 as well. So Galatians 5 and verse 1 says the following. 
Stand fast, therefore, in liberty, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor. Remember that whole concept of a debtor, debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen by fallen from grace for we through the spirit emphasis on the spirit capital s wait for the hope of righteousness by faith for in christ, jesus christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love belief which worketh by obedience we don't have multiple faiths and i'm gonna get into this later but it is important. We operate by faith. Faith is dead without works. And we operate in our belief in Christ and his teachings, his expounding on the law of God, not the way that they did it out of the flesh, but the way of the spirit. He expounded that it's not about Sabbath, but it's about rest. He expounded that it's not about adultery, but it's about getting rid of lust. He expounded that this is about getting your soul correct. That this is about correcting your mindset and about correcting your heart and getting out of the pride and all the, the abominable things and to get yourself with the heart of Christ. That was the point of the commandment of Christ to expound on what man's philosophies and man's traditions messed up with the law. So continuing on faith, which worketh by love. Verse seven, ye did run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth remember that obedience this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump i have confidence in you through the lord that ye will none otherwise minded not be in none that ye will be none otherwise minded keep in mind minded but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased? I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only Use not the liberty for an occasion for the flesh, but by love serve one another. Remember verse 14, it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Remember the greatest commandment, love the Lord with all your heart, your mind and your soul, and then love thy neighbor as thyself. You can't try to love with a worldly type of love because your love is an obedience to Christ. We have to obey the truth, as it said here. So when you are obeying Jesus, his teaching, his commandments, you are already doing the law. When you're full of his spirit, you are already doing the law. You're not going to be looking at these little traditions of man, but you're going to do what is pleasing, not to you and not even to me or not to any sort of man. 
you're going to do what is pleasing to God. You're not going to serve the flesh because the flesh will be crucified. But you will be serving God and you will be doing things not out of your own belief, not out of your own ideas, not out of your own opinions, but for the sake of others, not out of selfish ambition, but for the love of others. But verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then. Walk in the spirit that ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary that the one to the other that ye cannot do the things ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. For the works of the flesh are manifest. That's how you know if you have a fleshly mind, a carnal mind. This is the things it will produce when it manifests. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which means lawlessness, which means licentiousness, which means wantonness, which means the same word that is used here is used for all these things. It's also used for being sensual. You'll be in the flesh without rules. Idolatry, witchcraft, manipulation, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like, which I tell you before, as I told you in time past, but they which do such thing shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified Remember, this is all about Christ and him crucified. If you have the spirit of Christ, you have crucified your flesh, which means nothing that you preach is out of your own pride. Nothing that you preach, it's only him. And it's because you've crucified your own way. This is what you'll preach is Christ and him crucified and you will be crucified as well. You will crucify your flesh with the lust and its affections, its mindsets, which is what an affection is, its passions. Verse 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. In chapter six, brethren, and if any man be overtaken of a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if any man thinketh himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things be not deceived god is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting 
And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. Only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus, and by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So right here we see quite a few things. We see what it means to walk in the spirit. I love what it also says here though, because there's going to be times to where you are people are wrong and people have made mistakes. But it said, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness and humility, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So we also need to be careful. We need not to compromise, you know, and there's going to be a time to rebuke. There's going to be a time to where people are going to face different things. It talks about in the Bible, people being delivered to Satan. There's a lot of things that the Bible talks about. But it said, ye that are spiritual, seek restoration. It's not just about a rebuke. It's not just about talking about the word. But it's important that we have a mindset of life. This is the love of Christ. Not to compromise the word. We still need to be obedient to him. We still need to seek his way. And if you only want to talk about something to glory in your flesh then you're not doing it out of the will of God. But if you're seeking holiness, if you're seeking to put off the things that God does not like, because it talks about in Romans 12, let your love be without dissimulation or hypocrisy. Cling to that which is good and abhor that which is evil. We have the spirit of holiness and not the spirit of this world. So we need to make sure that we do put off everything that is of the spirit of this world. We need to put off and crucify everything that is of the flesh because you may feel some type of way about something, but if you think about it with your mind and you see what it produces, if it produces any of these results of the flesh, as Galatians 5 talks about, that thing is of the flesh. You're not using a, you're using a carnal mind, but of the spiritual mind, the things of the spirit will produce things that are life. And that is what the spirit is about. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. There's nothing wrong with the letter. It talks about the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is a spiritual thing. But when you have the spirit, you do the thing of the law. You do. You have the spirit of the law living within you. It is engraved in your heart. You don't have to think about it as much because it is a part of your natural being. It becomes a part of who you are and you continually grow in it and your understanding of it in your mind and in your heart. 
It becomes who you are. It becomes what you're passionate about. It becomes what you're zealous about. It becomes what you always want to have deeper understanding of. It talks about, I believe, in First Peter, either first or second Peter at the end, it talks about growing in grace and also in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. There's nothing wrong with having knowledge of who God is. It's very important that we have understanding and all that getting, get understanding. So when you test, is this thing of God or is this thing of not? Am I using the carnal mind or the spiritual mind? Are you going back and forth for one? Because if you're confused and you're unsettled, that thing is unstable. That thing is unshakable. And the spiritual things cannot be shaken. They that trust in the Lord shall be his Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. The things that are not of God can be shaken. The decisions you made that are not of God, you do not have full confidence in. You will be going back and forth of it. But if it is something in the spirit, you will have peace. It will produce love. You will have the ability to long suffer. You will have the ability to be gentle. You have the ability to have goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. There's no law against those things. That is living in the spirit. The spirit giveth life. That is what this is all about. And it's not, like I said, to water down a message. It's very important that we be obedient. It's very important that we preach the gospel. And there's gonna, you're gonna be meet with, met with hostility. You're going to prick people's hearts because it talks about the word of the Lord is just honest. It's going to pierce between people's hearts and their intents. It's going to reveal it. And you read all throughout Acts. When the word of the Lord came forth, their hearts were pricked. Some people wanted to gnash their teeth. Some people killed because of the gospel was preached to them. Not everybody's going to receive it well. But you as the preacher, you as the person who is living the Christian life, needs to continue to walk by the Spirit and evaluate things by the Spirit. I know, and I'm not going to go too, too deep into this, but it's very unpopular to say things, for example, as personal convictions and stuff like that. And I'm not going to go too deep into that. But the word conviction means a belief. And it talks about in Ephesians chapter three, that we have one Lord, one faith and one baptism. Faith is that belief. We need to do things with faith that works by love. Faith is dead by works and that work by love is obedience. So we have one faith and that faith is in the spirit of Christ. We have this faith in God, our father and the desires of the spirit. It only comes from one place. We should not be getting all sorts of different things. We have different ministries within the church, but we should be in one mind and one accord as acts. Chapter two talks about they were in one accord and in one place. And that's when God moved, when they had the same spiritual mindset and unity. It's not all about unity. It talks about in Proverbs, though hand join in hand, the wicked will not be unpunished. The ways of the wicked are not going to succeed. But we need to make sure that her flesh is truly crucified and that we are truly walking in the spirit because the spiritual things that we do, if you be spiritual, you will edify if you be spiritual, you will have understanding. If you be spiritual, you will have peace. But ultimately, if you be spiritual, if you be spiritual, you will have life and you will give life. You will speak life. You will speak restoration. You will speak those things that be not as though they were. You will speak things in faith. You will walk in faith. 
You will walk in the fear of the Lord. You will walk in it. You will live with it. It's very important that we understand this. And if you don't have understanding and you don't feel like you have this wisdom, my dad, and I'll give kudos to my dad to this because he always goes back to James 1 or 5. If any man lack wisdom, ask from our father and he will give it to you. So this is the concluding episode of this season of the Deeper Waters podcast. But before I end this episode, I just want to pray that this is received and not just received, but that God reveals to you what he wants to speak. This is not just about my will and my way. And I know even as I read this, this was for me as well. And like I said, I'm not advertising this podcast on social media. Y'all know how I feel about it. And, you know, if I feel not to go into a bar, if I know that that is a sinful place, you know, that is, I'm not going to keep going into bars and into clubs and stuff like that to preach the gospel. I can reach people that are in the club without going into the club. And I'm not saying that you can't do nothing on social media. You pray about that. But I know I need to be solidified in what I have been led to do. So whoever found this podcast, whoever is subscribed to this podcast, I pray that this minister to you. And I pray that you receive some sort of edification from this. And I pray that you pray on this subject and that you seek the ways of the spirit. You seek the way of life. You seek the way of edification and you seek the way of understanding, not the world's wisdom, but the wisdom that cometh from God. So as I come to a conclusion, as always, I would like to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for everything that you provided for us. I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and teach us the way of the Spirit of Christ, not just in its life, but in his crucifixion. I pray that you would teach us resurrection power to endure through the different sufferings that come to our life. I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, even the wisdom that seems foolish, as your Bible says, as your word says, the wisdom that seems foolish to this world, but give us boldness to speak in any way. Give us a mindset that always wants to see edification. Give us the mindset that wants to see life. Give us a mindset, even to those who did us wrong, that we would seek for the restoration. I pray, Lord, that you would heal any root of bitterness, heal any root of envy, heal any root of anything that is contrary to your will, any root of rebellion, any root of confusion, uprooted. May we stand solidified in your word, crucifying the flesh with its lust and its affections and setting our mind on things above where Christ sitteth, walking in the authority that you've given us, walking in the spirit, praying always and always being watchful. I pray, Lord, that you would pour out of your spirit, your wisdom, your understanding and your revelation in every situation of our life that we will walk in the peace and not in confusion, that we will walk knowing even when things happen to us that we don't understand when things happen to us that we don't know why it happened and things hurtful even happen to us that we will understand that it all happens for the good of those that love 
you, Father God. And I pray that you would lead us and guide us to continue because through these different events and through the different things that happen in our life, it is for our growth in the spirit. I pray that you will lead us not only to grow in ourselves, to be mature in understanding, but also to speak life into other people, into other people that we meet and to continue to declare your gospel and to declare your truth. We praise your holy name and we thank you for your word and we thank you for all that you do. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would be with us and that it would go with us wherever we go and continually take us to deeper places that we may understand the heights, the depths, the lengths, the breadths of your glory. In Jesus name, I pray. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. As I said, this is not the planned episode and I even started to record the other episode that I originally had planned, but it, as usual, I, I've tried to do this a lot of times this season and something glitches, something messes up. And it's just like, are you going to be obedient to the real message I want you to say, or are you going to give the teaching that you want to give? And, you know, delayed obedience is disobedience. And if I want to operate out of the love, I got to do what he told me. And I encourage you guys to abide in the love and to walk in his love and to do things in faith by the love of Christ. So I pray that you guys are encouraged and that you guys continue on walking as fishers of people, as disciples of Christ, followers of Christ and him crucified. Don't forget that part. That resurrection power includes the added element of death, the added element of the cross, the added element of the altar. That is necessary in our life. Don't despise the sufferings. Don't despise, as First Peter says, when the fiery trial comes your way. Because there's a purpose for that. It's always going to come. There's going to be issues and stuff that arises in your life, but it's always for your betterment. It's always for your growth. And don't allow that thing to make you better. But continue to press on in faith. So, as I said earlier, I pray that you guys all have a blessed day. And that you guys continue to seek to walk after the spirit. But for now, I pray that God blesses you and that you guys all have a blessed day in Jesus name. God bless.